0: Let's talk about fire retardants. It's time for more facts about the Vax on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello everyone and greetings. Welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny and I'm excited to be starting season number three with you. And why wouldn't I start season number three with a topic about (laughs) COVID-19? Uh, Who would have thought two years, almost two years into this craziness, we'd still be talking about it. And I do want to get into everything that has to do with Omicron and uh, this new variant as well. I want to give you an analogy uh, to begin our conversation. Then I want to talk a little bit about Omicron specifically uh, and uh, what it means to us uh, in America And then I just have uh, hopefully get to have have time to get to a question uh, from one of my listeners as well. So picture with me, if you would, a city block, a city block of apartment buildings, one after the next. Hopefully you can picture that in your head. And let's say the first building very quickly and unexpectedly catches fire. And it goes up into flames and uh, the whole neighborhood is alerted and there's not much we can do really for this particular building because it went up in flames so quickly. But we can implement measures to try to slow down the fire uh, and hopefully protect the row of apartment buildings that are on the block itself. Because it came so quickly, there is major damage and and even, unfortunately, significant death that takes place in this apartment building number one. And we uh, then allow time. Uh, the fire department is able to come and at least slow things down enough that uh, the fire retardant foam can be implemented on the next building. So let's call the next building, oh... The Delta Apartments. (laughs) But the Delta Apartments are there. They're right next to this blazing inferno that is apartment building number one. But only 50 to 60% of the residents, let's say, allow their apartment to be protected by this fire retardant foam. Now, they offer various reasons for why they are resistant to having the foam, despite the fact that they know fire is coming they don't want to allow firemen into their private space maybe firemen actually started the fire so that they could get access to their home uh, maybe the foam itself wasn't studied enough uh, or maybe unsafe or maybe they feel like the foam does just as much damage as firewood. maybe there are hidden cameras in the foam <laughs> Who knows the reason, but only 50 to 60% of the residents say, yes, go ahead and protect me with this fire retardant foam. So unfortunately, because so little of the building is protected, the fire from building one turns into the Delta building. And that's what happens when fire stands around too long is that it can leap from building to building. And it ignites delta building. And those who are not protected by the foam get fire. Some are just irritated by smoke. Uh, Some have minor damage. But many have major damage and even death. Those with the foam are protected or have minor smoke damage. But they're still living in a burning building. And so that's frustrating and unnerving. So the fire department goes to building number three. Well let's call it the Omicron apartments. And they would get out the foam spray to protect building number three from the certain fire that's coming. But only according to current data about 61%, 66% if you're if this is our if these are Minnesota apartments agree to the foam spray retardant. Now, the fire spreads again to the third building, the Omicron Apartments. And this one is spreading even faster. It doesn't seem to be behaving like the initial fire did. It's moving even faster and engulfing this building much quicker. Now, building number four, as you can imagine, is begging building number three to be protected. So the spread of this fire will end. The government is thinking of mandating fire retardant spray to building number four so that there'll be no more damage and fatalities and that this can end. Hopefully you can appreciate the analogy, but I think it's a good analogy because I want to also picture that your decision actually affects others. And, and vaccines are fire retardants. We teach our children, you know, fire needs three things. And if you're my child listening to this, you can pause this and see if you can come up with the three. (laughs) It needs a spark, it needs something to ignite flame, it needs oxygen, and it needs fuel to continue to burn. So, my friends, in this analogy, our bodies are the fuel. The more we are susceptible, the more chance the virus actually has to replicate. And the more chances that the virus replicates, the greater the odds of a mutation or a variant. And now we are on to this third major variant, this Omicron variant that we are now facing. And it's because this virus is hanging around, now going into close to year number two. I looked up the definition of the word retardant, (laughs) fire retardant, and it says it's not readily susceptible to fire. A fire retardant actually takes away the fuel so that the fire can't continue to burn. And vaccines make you not readily susceptible to viruses. Now you may say, now wait a minute, Dr. Johnny, what I've been hearing is that those who have been vaccinated are susceptible to this Omicron variant. And the answer would be that's true to a degree, but it depends on what you mean by susceptibility. Um, There is some infectivity that can take place, but the the data is very clear that those who are vaccinated, and especially those who are vaccinated and boosted, um, have an incredible um, resistance not only to even Omicron, but the severity of the illness. And if you've been listening to my facts about the Vax podcast, you will know that that is the key to conversation because we can all be infected with viruses and we do every year. Every single human being that's ever lived probably gets infected with a certain virus every year. But the issue is that it's not causing us to be hospitalized into the ICU on ventilators and it usually doesn't kill us. And so that's been the case, unfortunately, with this um, virus, this COVID-19 virus. So, what we've been seeing in the literature and the data is that the current vaccines are expected to protect against severe illness, hospitalizations, and deaths due to infection with the Omicron variant. And that is the key conversation. Yes, there will be breakthrough infections, they write, in people who are fully vaccinated, and that is likely to occur. But the Severe illnesses, hospitalizations, and deaths has, uh, has shown that the vaccine has remained effective and actually further emphasizes the importance of of vaccinations and boosters. So if you're sitting there and saying, well, I'm now I'm glad I didn't get the vaccine because it looks like even the vaccinated people are getting infected, then you are actually completely misunderstanding the big picture in the fact that the vaccines offer protection against the virus replication in your body and actually results in less severe infections and actually remarkably less. I'll get to that in a second. The CDC director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, uh, said last week during a White House COVID-19 briefing – And she says, and I quote, over a holiday period marked by canceled flights, out-of-stock at-home COVID-19 tests, and unease about new quarantine guidelines from the U.S. Centers Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Omicron variant joined Delta in a stampede across the U.S. But while COVID-19 cases has, has hit unprecedented numbers in many parts of the country, hospitalization and death rates have stayed comparatively low now i want to emphasize comparatively low she's actually talking about the surge that has been taking place since october november especially in our region we certainly have been seeing it now the surge back in october november was the delta variant and the hospitalizations and deaths that we are seeing now is actually still from the delta variant and much less so from the omicron variant which is actually very encouraging It should be actually in very encouraging news to us that Omicron seems to be much less severe. It does spread very quickly, but what they've been actually showing is that it spreads very quickly in the bronchus of individuals and not so much in the lungs of individuals. And that's an important distinction because viruses that replicate in our bronchus results in cold cough type symptoms. Viruses that replicate in our lungs can result in in actually lung failure and severe hypoxia and death. And so hopefully we're going to start to see um, a change in our hospitalization and death rates as we switch from Del- out of Delta and into Omicron. And so we are hopeful as physicians that this will actually be good news. But it's, it's critically important to understand that vaccinations and boosters are critical, um, a critical piece of the puzzle to actually allow our immune system to clear these things quickly. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci um, says all indications point to a lesser severity of Omicron versus Delta. Um, but our hospital systems could still be stressed because people are still testing positive, And there's certainly a lot of anxiety regarding this. Uh, Omicron is the dominant variant now, but Delta is still responsible for a large number of the cases and hospitalizations and deaths in the United States. That's what I was just referring to. Uh a preliminary study from Hong Kong found that while Omicron replicates much faster in the bronchus, lightly, likely explaining how fast it spreads between people, Omicron isn't as good as replicating in the lungs and Delta uh, as Delta and other variants which indicates lower disease severity. So we're hopeful, but we're going to need more studies to pop out uh, concerning this as well. Uh Fauci told NBC that while there is no doubt that there will be breakthrough COVID-19 infections, there's a difference between a vaccinated and boosted person who has an infection and someone who has an infection who has never been vaccinated. And he says a major difference in with regard to risk and severity. Unvaccinated people remain particularly vulnerable. These are the apartment buildings that don't have the foam. They are particularly vulnerable to severe disease and death caused by COVID-19, whichever the variant. In October, this is the spike of the Delta, unvaccinated people were 14 times more likely to die from COVID-19 compared with fully vaccinated people. My friends, Delta variant showed us more specifically the issue with the burning apartment building. Those protected and those not protected. Those that got burned and those that were safe. And this is the key going forward. I'm I, I understand that people have probably formulated their opinions by now regarding vaccinations. And I will say it again that even though in my analogy I under I can understand how a government would see a burning block and say, I'm just going to mandate the foam so that we can stop this once and for all. I am not an advocate of mandated vaccinations. I am not. So our only option is somebody like me or your local physicians that are giving you compelling evidence as we go forward that the vaccinations are the key to ending the fire on your block, ending the fire in our community, ending the fire in our country. As long as there are burning buildings, there are going to be shutdowns and mandates and, and, and limitations in our employment statuses and inflation, and economic collapse. And that's what we are seeing, unfortunately. So the quickest, fastest way to end the craziness is a fire retardant. The one thing that can get this thing to stop, and to stop completely. And there are other American members who are living in your apartment building that will still become affected by that decision (coughs) excuse me so I'm still making trying to make a compelling argument for vaccination this Omicron um, we'll see how this plays out and I'll be happy to give you updates as we go forward over the next couple weeks because we're going to learn more and more about this as this becomes the dominant variant which it seems like it already has and it's possible that this is going to sort of rip through the community again but in a very mild mannered sort of way especially to those who are vaccinated or those who have been recently infected with delta and if that's the case that would be an encouraging that'd be an encouraging move because this hopefully will just be more mild will run its course and then end i wanted to have time to read a question From another pastor, Uh, you probably have noticed that there have been many pastors who have written to me over the past several weeks and over the past several years um, regarding this issue. And because it's a pastor, again, I'm not going to use their name uh, just to uh, to protect them and to respect them. But let me read this uh, this heartfelt article. So appreciated your facts about the Vax episodes. After much prayer and research, I had total peace getting vaccinated. It encourages me that the things that I'm saying and and hopefully this public service announcements that I release every once in a while and updates on what's happening in this world with this virus has been effective and maybe even changing some minds. I am a pastor at a very diverse church with members on both sometimes extreme sides of this vaccine issue. Uh, my dear pastor, you are not alone. And every pastor that I've talked to have given me a very similar uh, story. My decision to get vaccinated has deeply offended one family who sincerely believe that aborted fetal cells were used in formulating this vaccine. I'm mourning the loss of this friendship and they may leave our church. How would you respond? Thank you so much for your ministry. You have been an even keeled voice during this current season of our nation. Thank you. I appreciate those kind words, and I'm not going to lose momentum. I'm going to continue to try to be an even-keeled voice. And the way that you become an even-keeled voice is through honor. And so I I hope I can honor other people's perspective and listen to other people's perspective and offer a balanced uh, medical and spiritual approach uh, to what we are facing as a country. In regards to Boarded fetal cells used in formulating the vaccine. Um, I've talked about this uh, many times in my previous podcast, and I would certainly uh, reference those to you as well. Uh, but let me just reiterate that uh, the, these vaccines that are being used are an mRNA-type uh, technology that actually does not require the use of cells at all uh, in the research or production thereof. And so even the mass production that we're seeing right now uh, fetal cells, any type of cells in that matter, are not required because it's a different type of technology altogether. Now, you can make a philosophical argument that vaccines, in the in and of themselves, in the past, uh, maybe have companies maybe have used fetal cells to research and develop uh, vaccines in general, or in the past, or the idea or the use of vaccines. Um, and, and I would say that you could be right in that regard. But remember the analogy I used uh, on a previous podcast. It's sort of like saying, well, there are highways who were, that were built by slaves in the South. And because of that, I'm not going to drive on the highway. Well, the highway has been built and serves a useful purpose. And to drive on the highway is no way an indictment to you and how you feel ethically about slavery. And so vaccines in and of themselves are now made ethically, and and you can look at those as saying that they serve a useful and meaningful purpose today, and that we can ethically take them because they are so far removed uh, from the original issue with aborted cells. Now, I hope I have established myself as one of the most pro-life people on the planet, and, and, and you can hear my, my previous podcast regarding abortions and abortion and that being the greatest civil right issue uh, of our nation. And so I believe the Catholic Church has believed, many spiritual leaders have believed that we can very ethically take um, vaccines in general um, because they are not directly related to any fetal cells that are currently being used. And I would say that this COVID-19 vaccine is even one big giant leap further removed in the fact that they aren't using cells at all. And so it would be literally like not driving on those roads (laughs) at all. It's like a completely different thing. It's like using a helicopter instead of a road that was built by a slave. It's just a completely different thing. And so because of that, I can look square into this camera and say I can... Say with all certainty that this is safe and ethical um, before you and before heaven, uh, that this is a God given gift to us, this vaccine and that you can use that. Now, I don't know to this pastor specifically whether that information is helpful or not, or if these people have already made up their minds, uh, but I think if you can approach it again from a place of honor, and even acknowledge the fact that that we have to be super careful and honoring about that, that this is a completely different Subject. Now, I will say again, and I've said this before, that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, if you're going to try to avoid one, I would say that is the one that is probably a little bit more borderline. Uh, that's not really even being used much anymore and, interestingly, has actually been shown to be the least effective. Uh, so I would definitely lean toward the more of the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccines, and that's what most people are getting. Um, and if you have any ethical concerns, I would say the Johnson & Johnson would be the one that I would avoid for sure. Um, Thank you so much again for listening. I'm excited. I'm in my new studio area that has been made possible by your generous donations. Uh, We are still working on some things with microphones and some technology, uh, but I'm excited because I'm guessing that and YouTube is going to be much better sound and quality, uh, and I'm going to be able to be uh, situated to actually do some interviews and some different things as we expand into season number three. So, again, thank you for your generosity, and I'd encourage you to go to pushbackculture.org, pushbackculture.org to leave a comment or question about this podcast, about previous podcasts, questions about the vaccine or COVID 19 specifically. I'd be happy to address those in future podcasts as well, and I'm going to try treat you with honor and respect your question. So every question, as long as it's also phrased with honor, uh, will be accepted. So please go there and leave comments, questions, uh, or if you are still willing to donate, uh, we would love and appreciate your donations as such an encouragement to the things that we are doing here. So my friends, thank you for leaning into this. Um, I love our culture. I love the fact that we can talk about these things in culture. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture.